everyone, this is Viv and you're listening to the What Gives Podcast. So things have been heating up as always on the political landscape and as citizens, it's important for us to understand what our civic duties are and how to perform them adequately. But for that to happen, we need to be politically literate, right? So I don't even know what that means myself. So I'm really excited for this episode in particular. Um, We have a special guest with us today who's here to talk about political literacy and civic education. And I'm talking about civic essentials, and we have Alyssa here today to drop the knowledge. Welcome, Alyssa. Hi, Viv. It's so great to be on. So great to be able to talk to you, especially in this climate about (laughs) civics and um, all of the civic duty and how we can be informed citizens. Awesome. Well, it's been crazy, and I'm just more excited to learn how I can be the more informed citizen. So I think, um, you know, your organization is very timely. And yeah, if you could tell me a little bit more about Civic Central's mission and what y'all aim to do. Sure. Happy to tell you a lot um, about Civic. So we are, first and foremost, an organization that's committed to increasing political um, literacy in the United States, particularly among young people. So we were founded in 2020 at the heat of the political season in November, um, mostly because I, as the founder, was getting a ton of calls um, from my family members. I am the political wonk, as you may say, um, in my family. I went to school for political science, my master's in political science, and so everyone was burning up my phone. Can such and such do this? Can X, Y, and Z actually happen? Like, what does the world look like? Are we all going to die? And so the panic was so intense. And all I could think was, these are things you should have learned early on. These are things you should have been taught um, as a member of a democracy, um, not only to protect that democracy, but just for your own peace of mind. And so I was like, well, If I'm having all these phone calls every hour, every two hours, I may as well start an organization that can teach this in a better way and leverage the expertise that I see around me to make it as easy and consumable as possible. Absolutely. And just to start off and walk me through, like I am literally a baby student, (laughs) what is politics. I mean, it seems like everything can be political and everyone participates in politics these days. Um, So yeah, let's start there. What is politics? What is political literacy? So yeah, so most political scientists will tell you everything can be politics, right? More than anything, we know our bodies can be politics these days. Um, Our actions can be politics. Science can be politics. Think how we deal with smart cities or self-driving cars. Art can be politics and political, right? Think of when they wrote Black Lives Matter down the street in DC, right? That was an art project, but it was also an extremely political statement. So any action can be political. The way I think about it, though, is in theory, politics should be a thing that an action or um, engagement that goes forth pushing forward your interest, your community's interest, or a common good right? The super kind of easy, nice, idealized version of politics. But 
I like to think of political literacy as the ability to engage with our systems of government in a way where you know you are actually having an influence. So an easy metaphor is, say, for instance, you go to the gym, right? And you do a whole bunch of exercises and you're tired and you're exhausted and you go home. Um, and two weeks later, you step on the scale and you still haven't made any progress, whether it's up or down, right? It's because you didn't know how to use your energy efficiently. Get a personal trainer and you are killing the game, right? In the gym. So basically, Civic Essentials is your personal trainer for political action, right? How can you use your energy to the best of your ability to actually make an impact on the issues, whatever that issue is, right, it, that affect your community? Awesome. So when you're talking about the trainer, is Civic Essentials providing a toolkit? Is it providing reading material? Is it providing a train, like a literal trainer? I like. <laughs> no, yeah. So we do something that's pretty kind of unique in our space. So the civic education space is packed with resources that will let you gamify politics, right? That'll just give you the toolkit or the resources that give you the hard, cold facts. Civics comes at it a different manner. When I was learning as a student, I could not care less who the 32nd president of the United States was, <laughs> right? Like those types of facts always went one ear and out the other. The things I cared about were the nitty gritty negotiations, the debates, the backroom conversations, the exchanges of power, right? And so what civics does is we've created a practical, experienced-based simu like simulation-type curriculum where we put students in a classroom, we give them a problem, and we give them the tools to work it out together in this kind of simulation environment. So some people may be familiar with things like mock trial or model UN, but think of that, but for local government, for small legislative movements, that you can learn how these conversations are had. Why are these power exchanges happening? What do you have to give to get? Um, because that's a reality of our system of government, compromise. I'm just thinking about ways that for someone like myself, who isn't in a classroom environment, what are the resources for me? And just talking about how can I aid in your mission? How can we and the listeners um, become a more responsible citizenry and, and participate in civic essentials? Right. So I think that we can break that question down in two kind of separate ways, right? For the organization, it's super helpful when we have people that just so interest in being in our class, right? Because if there are a bunch of people that are, you know, 20, 30-year-olds that are interested in this type of material, we'll have the resources to create curriculum for those age groups. Right now, we focus mostly on juniors and seniors. Um, and for the, the reason behind that is really Science shows that there is a very clear opportunity there to create lifelong voters and, and active citizens right at that pivotal moment. The second part is that um, as, as, a, in, as a member of you know, a democracy, a working democracy, it's super important that we engage not just with our vote, right? So writing letters. Um, and we love to promote these types of our opportunities, right? Going to your town hall, 
when was the last time you've actually been to City Hall? Never. Um, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Never. Um, who's on your school board? Like things like that are are easy ways to make a difference because they don't have a huge amount of fight, right? There aren't huge numbers. You're not dealing with hundreds of thousands of voters. Usually you're dealing with hundreds, maybe a thousand voters, especially if you get hyper local and you can make a really big difference. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's true now more than ever. And I know you're bipartisan, so, you know, bringing up issues can be (laughs) rough, but, you know, Roe v. Wade being an example of now the vote is very important now that the the power rests with the states. So I think what you're saying is so timely. Oh, it's super timely. And I think one of the things that even though we're bipartisan, one of the things that civics really tries to hammer home is that our curriculum, our way of thinking, the way you can use these tools does not matter the issue. Because most of the time, the systems that are in place matter no matter how you're trying to push the needle. So getting in those conversations, learning how to have those conversations is really what's crucial. Yeah. And that kind of touches on my next question, which is, what is the theory of change here? What is the why? That if we are all politically literate, what would be the biggest change? What we really want to see is the number of youth that are engaged in their government go up. Because nothing but good things happen when that happens. When youth care, that's what's driven some of history's like most impactful movements. The civil rights movement was largely driven by youth who could get out, who could who could move, who could talk to legislators, right? So that is what is really, really important. Um, and what civics, our, we say our mission is to drive, to create a, a nation right, where our youth know how to influence their government. And our, our biggest thing is we don't really care how you do it, just do it. Um, and because our, our government is kind of based on the, the idea that if enough voices are talking, we'll get to a common good, we'll come to a really good um, solution, right? But when we are all closed mouth and let other people talk for us, nothing happens and definitely nothing good happens. <laughs> Yeah, this makes me think of when I was in high school, actually, and I would go down to my (laughs) capital and protest. That would be all I did. That's all I pretty much knew how to do. And then my AP US history teacher was telling me that, you know, like, as you're out in the streets, there are people that are working behind closed doors or working to open those closed doors, rooting for the same issues that I was out in the streets for. And that really kind of changed my way of thinking because I was like, there's so many ways to tackle an issue and all of it being super necessary. And it just goes to show that like, there's a lot of things that I don't do um, for the issues that I care for. So I would love if you can walk me through some of the ways people like myself can be informed for one and also take action. Sure. But like also, I think one important thing that we don't think about is do not overwhelm yourself, right? Pick pick a cause. Maybe it's just one, right? That means a lot to you and focus on that, right? If I always say if everyone focused on one issue, we'd have it covered, right? There are a bunch of us. um, So don't feel like you have to solve everything tomorrow. 
um, because that's a good way to like back away from the political sphere altogether and be completely overwhelmed. Pick one thing where you feel like you can make a real difference. Find the legislators that somewhat agree with you and the ones that completely don't, right? Just look them up. It's really not super hard to find people's political platforms if you Google it. So Google it. Um, so say, for instance, your thing is animal conservation in your area. And say you even get smaller than that. Say you just love squirrels, right? And you want to make sure the squirrels in your area are protected. And maybe the way that you find out that after interviewing, you know, like the animal wildlife people in your community, they need a crosswalk or, you know, more trees, more habitat, right? Find out who in your, in your locality controls that, right? And then just talk to those people. Focus on those legislators, those representatives, right? And move on, right? And get change done on that issue and then find something new, right? Like I made a difference for the squirrels. Maybe I move on to the geese, right? I think we make politics too hard, right? We make it tomorrow we've got to fix all of women's reproductive rights issues or um, tomorrow we've got to get everyone free health care, right? That's not practical, right? It's small movements that make a big difference. So maybe you start with squirrels and then you tell other people how you did it. Like, who did you reach out to? And then maybe somebody in the next town is like, hey, I also want to protect my squirrels, right? And they go and replicate your process without having to recreate the wheel, right? And next thing you know, you've got this cool little kit maybe or instructional guide that's floating around the internet for anybody who wants to protect the squirrels in their neighborhood. And you've magnified your impact, right? Start small and scale. Start small. I really like that. I feel like the only issues that we do fight about it's very um, macro, like how we talk about it. Like even, you know, like you said, free healthcare. Like we just talk about that issue and then we have no idea what the bills are called, who's working on it. Yeah. No, that's completely right. That's completely right. And I think the other thing is the big issues are where we find the most fight, right? The small issues, most likely if you go to your senator, no matter how conservative, and you tell them like, hey, I'm really interested in helping these squirrels, right? <laughs> You're probably not going to get a huge amount of pushback, right? And that's where you can make a real difference is focusing on those angles where you can impact. Maybe it's not squirrels. Maybe it's the people in your community, right? Maybe it's, I, I need a park, right? There's no park in our area. How can I get us a park? And see, that seems a little bit bigger than squirrels, but it's definitely doable. Mm -hmm. You just have to figure out who controls parks, who controls where parks get made, who controls that money, right? And then go to them and be like, hey, we've got a population of X number of children and they have no park, right? We, I have a group of, you know, 20 constituents that would really love to hear that you supported this park and you can come to our ribbon opening and take some pictures, right? And sometimes... It's as simple as that. But if you don't know where to start, you don't know where to look, because these city websites are not, it's not user-friendly, right? They are not, it's not sometimes super easy to find this information. So what civics aims to do is get students comfortable making those Google searches, looking up those names, getting familiar with the jargon and the committee and, and, the, and the different layers of government so that it doesn't feel so unfamiliar when you actually do have the time to make that move. 
I love the examples that you've given so far. And I would love to hear more about, you know, what are some of the topics at Civic Essentials and, you know, things that all people should know? Definitely. So we focus right now on rolling out our Civic Essentials 101 class, right? And it's focused on juniors and seniors. And one of the things that we've really decided is important is federalism. Um, Understanding like, who has the power where and when? Um, so one of the things that we definitely talk about is like mask mandates. Most people have no clue who is responsible for mask mandates. Whether you agreed with them or didn't, you're likely blaming the wrong people. <laughs> um, and so one of the things that we were really interested in was asking students, like, where does this actually fall? right? Your mask mandate in your city is completely different than a federal mask mandate, which by the way, most likely only applies to federal property. Um, Your mask mandate in your county is different than your city. So you can be in a city that has a mask mandate, but a county that doesn't, right? Um, That can be different. A corporation, right, also has some power. They can decide there's a mask mandate and it may not be your government at all. So I think those types of things we were talking about, one of the things I love the example, I always give our students, right? If you're at school and you get in trouble, your parents have the power to ground you and the school has the power to give you detention. But your mom can't give you detention and the school can't ground you. Right. Those punishments may influence each other, but they're completely different reactions and completely different power sets. That's how our government works. Right. Our government has the power to do a very specific set of punishments. um, And another part of a government has a completely separate group of punishments that they can levy. Um, And that's why I love talking to students because they're like, Oh, I never thought of that. That is me right now. And now I'm just thinking about like everything that I'm just like, wait, what holds the power to do what? It's really hard. I mean, sometimes we forget like clean water is not the federal government, right? That's that's the water plant down the road. Um, Forget or never knew. (laughs) Right, exactly. I never knew. And so that's one of the things I love teaching. So we teach that. We hone in on that. One of the things we also talk about is just the reasoning behind our government. Like, why in the world do we have, um, because I think during elections, we always run into this. Why does the Electoral College exist, right? Like, what is that? And we challenge students. I was like, think back to the time of of founding, which is really hard, especially being um, a woman of color, right, as a founder. But I always challenge them. Think back to the time of founding. What were they scared of? Like what, what the fear drives humans. What were they scared of? What were our founders scared of? And most of the time, it's they were scared of tyranny, of a majority and a minority, right? And so that's why we've got this push and pull. So anytime you see something and you're like, oh my God, why does the majority not just rule all the time? It's like, they didn't want that, right? The system isn't broken. The system is working how it was set up to work. Now, if it should work differently, that's a completely separate conversation. But to claim that the system isn't working how, you know, the founders intended, that's unfair because you're not considering that the founders wanted this push and pull, wanted this tug because they thought basically the sandpaper would give us the best result. 
you know, there are so many ideas and history behind things and just not knowing where my morals and values best fits. Like I think learning about these things would be so helpful because I can only talk about my values and morals, but then what does that look like in real life and in reality and in politics is just like a whole nother complete ball game. So do y'all teach y'all? I'm, I'm assuming it's a little bit of history, a little bit of politics, a little bit of current events. Yes, it's all of that wrapped into one. Um, and I also, the other thing we dive into, which is one of the reasons why we kind of target our higher reaching students, is we, har- we, we pull in a little bit of political theory, right? A little bit of that like equity and justice question, because not only is civic education, which our organization dealing with an equity issue, right? It's proven that students that go to wealthier schools get more exposure to the type of information that we're talking about. Um, we had on our, we have a webinar that we do every, every, we do usually three kind of webinar series. And so every about six months, we'll put three out. Um, and one of them were, was a private school math teacher. He takes it upon himself to register all of his seniors for, for, for vote, to vote before they graduate. When they hit 18, he sends them the packet um, and gets them registered to vote, right? So when you have a wealthy school system or just a wealthy school and an, uh, an interested, passionate teacher, right, it can make a, a huge amount of difference. So that's kind of part of that um, equation as well. And then on the opposite side, there's an equity question within the issues we deal with. And we challenge students to deal with that. Um, because one of the things, we have an awesome curriculum developer who works with us. And one of the things I always told her, I was like, not coming to a conclusion is a conclusion. That happens in real life. Like not coming up with a bill or a finished product and it just dying is a thing that happens. And I want students to deal with the consequences of that. Because um, we are our classes, our simulations are broken into four uh, to three parts. So our rules of the road, where you get the basics of whatever the issue is you're going to. So if we're talking about mask mandates, you learn what are the organizations that had a had a part in it? Who are the key players? What were the bills, right? Then our second is the simulation. How do you change one of those aspects, right? We give you a particular part of that to argue and debate over. And then the third is how do you deal with the consequences of what you just did? So whether it's come up with no solution, whether it's come up with a solution that ends up, whether you knew it or not, hurting thousands of people um, or coming up with a response when you actually do do something good. Because sometimes we forget government works most of the time, right? It's just the times when it breaks that we freak out, right? You have clean water in your house probably right now, right? So government, that part of government is running smoothly in your area. Um, But it becomes a real issue when we have issues, places like Flint. Remember a couple of years ago, right? Not having clean water was a huge breakdown in government and got a lot of attention as it should, right? But everywhere else had clean water. So maybe we call it a win, maybe not. But those are the types of things that we always have to consider. That's so interesting. And I know uh, Civic Essentials is pretty young, two years, um, but I would love to know, you know, I want to celebrate the current milestones and impact y'all have had and what the future looks like. 
So for us right now, we are about to roll out our first official like 12-week class in, in January. So anyone interested, um, especially our juniors and seniors interested in joining, sitting in, please go to our website, fill out our contact form, just say like, hey, I heard about you on the podcast and I want to be first in line when, the, when we roll out our pilot. Um, we'll also be recruiting students, but our classes are very small. They're we mix students in two different places to give it that extra oomph. So we'll have 12 students from one city and 12 students from another city. Um, and the issues that they'll be tackling will be very particular to the two cities we're dealing with, right? So that's one of the big things that I'm super excited to have roll out. Um, we've been working with some of the best and the brightest when it comes to curriculum development. Um, my alma mater is Johns Hopkins. So I've gotten to tap some of those teachers as a part of our educator advisory committee. Um, we've also had some members of like upper the upper tier of political science and some nice top universities, right, to, to look at our curriculum, think about it, think through, give feedback. And then, of course, just specialists, teachers that have been in the classrooms with students know what to know what engages students. Right. Because most of all, one of the things that was important to me as a recent student myself, right? The two years that civics has been up is only the two years that I've been out of school. Um, was that it be engaging, that you like it first and foremost, because you're not going to learn anything if you've tuned out 10 minutes in. So it should always be engaging. And so that's one of our biggest milestones is the curriculum's almost finished and we're about to start directly impacting students. Um, the future for us looks like I would love to spread this kind of proof of concept outside of Texas. So we're coming to Texas first. If you haven't seen it, it's all over our Instagram. It's really great. Um, so we'll be affecting um, Texas students first, but I want it to go much bigger than that. And with technology the way it is and students' um, fluency on like Zoom and virtual classrooms at this time, there's no better time to strike, right? But we have to have the resources um, to be able to reach those students and to expand that way because the way our curriculum is worked and because it's so nuanced and niche, um, we have to create new curriculums for all of the different markets we go into. Being from Texas myself, that's so exciting and just also how crazy the state of Texas is <laughs> and big. It's its yeah. own country, all right? Small but, small but mighty. <laughs> um, that is so exciting and congratulations on that. And just speaking with you, you know, I'm thinking about my favorite teacher of all time, which is the AP US history teacher that I was talking about. And his work, his teaching was so engaging. I mean, he taught through workshops, but it made everyone in the class just so interested in what he was saying that we like volunteered. Like he was, I mean, he was akin to that math teacher who registered people to vote. I mean, he had us volunteering at the poll boxes and registering people to vote and translating documents into different languages so that people from different communities are able to participate as well. And he was just so great. And there really needs to be a lot of people like that. So incredible work. And I'm really excited for, for y'all to take off. No, I love it. And I would love to give a huge shout out to teachers in general, especially civic education teachers. I know it's particularly hard in those classrooms right now. 
Um, and that's one of the reasons why once civics has done its classes, we're going to open source our curriculum to teachers. So I would say if teachers are listening, keep an eye on our website for when that curriculum comes out, um, because we're just going to give it to you for free. Um, and you'll be able to run the simulations that we've created with your students. And we give you all of the scripts and the handouts and the videos we reference. We give you everything in a nice, pretty package. Um, that'll probably be sometime late next year, but very excited about that because I always remember being a kid that hated movie day. <laughs> like I hated the day where we would just sit and like watch a movie, half the class asleep, the teachers checked out, right? Because they're tired or they have 4,000 other classes or have to grade our terrible finals, right? Um, and so this is something that I'm hoping will be an easy tool, but make a big impact on the students where they'll be like, hey, like. I can be engaged and checked in even on classes where my teacher needs a little bit of a, a break because it's very much a seminar style um, discussion that has to take place that'll give the teacher a little bit of time to let the students kind of work amongst themselves. That's awesome. Democratizing the material. I love to hear it. Um, so I would like to thank you for your time, but also leave off with a bit of space for you to share um, some wisdom that you have accumulated from this work. Yeah, any wisdom to part with? I think I'll go back to one of the things I said, which was not only in this work, um, but in general, for those who are doing the, that transition from school to wanting to make an impact. I know that was a big thing for my generation and all of my friends. Right? <laughs> we came out of school and we were like, oh my God, I should be saving the world by now. We should have fixed it um, because we had all of these great ideas. And unfortunately, sometimes life doesn't work that way. Um, starting a nonprofit is hard. Making an impact is hard. Convincing people that they need the thing that you're so sure they need, they need is hard. Um, and so I say start small and scale, right? Get you a couple of people that are strong and mighty, that are willing to do the work, um, that are interested in making a difference, just like you are, that share your passions. Sometimes it's those friends. One of our, our board members, and I always say my right hand, um, is Avery Broom. She went to school with me. She did master's class with me. Um, and we've been tight ever since. And she's one of the hardest workers in our organization. Um, and so I'd say start small, get you a couple of strong and mighty people and just start impacting, even if it's just a few people. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I do want you to reiterate your call to action. Um, you know, what can the listeners do? What can I do to support Civic? Definitely. So keep an eye. We are really trying to bring our curriculum to Texas, to students, but we need help to do it. Um, so if you feel so inclined, please do click on those links that are in our so on our social media pages and consider contributing. And last but not least, drop by our website, www.civicessentials.org. There's no S on civic. And leave us a, a note in our little contact us. We love to hear from people. If you're interested in volunteering or this thing just to be the biggest passion and you have to get involved, right? Drop us a note. Um, we'll figure out how to put you to work. We definitely will. Um, and then we also have some resources on our, our page that are just like some fun facts about how civics works in the U.S., how your government works, how you can get involved. 
I always love there's some funny videos on there as well. So take a take a gander, explore our resources, and let us know if we can help you guys in any other way. We are so happy to, to help um, our community. Thank you so much, Alyssa. This conversation has really ignited my you know, interest in politics and super excited to see what y'all will come up with. Thank you. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. For more information, head to our website at whatgivesproject.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.